There are so many things as humans that we don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. I'm your host, Steffi, aka The Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher, and I'm here to take you on an exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the Psychic Scoop. What's up, my beautiful people? Warm welcome back to the Psychic Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Steffi. I'm an astrologer, intuition teacher, and psychic medium, and I am here to take you on a spiritual journey. We have a lovely episode today, and I'm so excited, and I also want to apologize before because when I recorded this episode, I had just gotten back fresh from a bachelorette party. <laughs> and my voice is a little, um, let's just say it's a little strained <laughs> from singing Miss Elliot all weekend, but the show must go on and we have the most beautiful guests on. We have a mother-daughter duo, Feng Shui Collective, and they bring so many beautiful, insightful tips about how to make your home energetically sound and cohesive and bring all that good chi back into your life. Lauren and Pamela, like I said earlier, are a mother-daughter duo who own a business together and they have hosted numerous sold-out workshops and they formed Feng Shui Collective where they offer a variety of tools to help you achieve your goals and make the planet a more beautiful place. So without further ado, I want to welcome on Lauren and Pamela of Feng Shui Collective. Hi ladies, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. It is an honor to have you, and I'm so, so, so excited to have this chat. So are we. We are too. We just want to talk about feng shui all day, every day. <laughs> but the best thing is, is I've known about feng shui for a while, but I have no idea how to apply it. So I'm excited to get nuggets from you, and I'm probably going to have to take some notes as you're talking. <laughs> uh, please do. We will. We can help. We will help. Great. This is perfect all around. Okay, great. So I want to just ask like first things first, like, okay, what is feng shui for anyone that doesn't know? Mommy, do you want to take this one? Sure. I'll take this. The feng shui uh, originated in China thousands of years ago, and it was based on farming and agrarian uh, agrarian society. The farmer would call in a feng shui expert, shaman, who would tell the farmer the best place to plant his crops, the best place to situate his home based on the shape of the landscape. So it started that way over the years, over the centuries, feng shui has evolved. And most recently, let's just jump ahead a few thousand years, feng shui was introduced to the West. The Black Hat School of feng shui uh, was introduced by Grandmaster Lin Yun, he came to Berkeley in the late 1970s, early 1980s. It's important to understand that there are a number of schools of feng shui, and we'll get into that later. But the Black Hat sect, or the, what is the full name, Lauren? I can never say it right. It's called the Black Tibetan Buddhist Tantric sect. Oh, wow. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> yes. BTB or Black Hat for short. Yeah. We call it Black Hat. So 
you know, all of the schools are, are fine, but we suggest if you're just starting your feng shui journey, pick one school because uh, otherwise you're just going to get all confused and, you know, maybe get frustrated and give it up. But feng translated means wind. Shui translated means water. So what we like to say is when the wind or your intention or your thoughts, which are very powerful, as you know, sweep over the water or matter or what you can see, positive change occurs. We think that most people understand the shui part, the matter, that a space feels good energetically. What we love and is so fun about feng shui is the feng. And that is when you move matter with intention, positive change occurs. And it is just magic. And it's nothing to be scared about because the changes that occur are always positive. Wow, that was beautiful. And even the history too. I Thank you, Pamela, for giving us that very thorough explanation. Because I think, you know, sometimes if I'm in like Urban Outfitters and I see a feng shui book and then I open it and it's talking about all of the, I just can't really understand. So that was a really good way of explaining it. <laughs> Yay. And Steffi, I just have a couple things I want to piggyback on on that as well. So there's definitely like many layers of feng shui. And the primary tool that we use, and we can get into this, is called the Bagua map. But we also work with the five elements and bringing the five elements into balance. Um, we also work with the five senses. And so if you've ever walked into a, a space and been like, ew, something is yucky here, probably one of the five elements is out of balance. And Likewise, if it feels good, the five elements are probably playing nicely together. And so what we're doing when we're in a consult or we are working with chi or life force energy, and just as, um, you know, there are meridians on the planet, there are meridians in our bodies, there are meridians in our home. So one of the primary goals is to invite this healthy chi, this life force energy into your home and have it sort of flow around in your home like a river, not getting stuck in things like clutter or spider webs or harsh corners, etc. So we have a couple things that we like to say, you're never up the feng shui creek without a paddle, because there's a cure for that. And we are actually feng shui is one of the eight branches of traditional Chinese medicine. So there's a lot of layers. And like mom said so nicely, people get confused when they start reading about different schools, like flying stars or eight mansions or any of those. And so really focusing on one school is going to is going to make this journey so much easier. Okay, great. <laughs> Thank you for breaking it down. And I think what you said I really want to touch on is everyone feels that energy when they walk into a space, even if they don't realize it or not. Psychically, I've, I feel energetic presence, you know, if it's anything connected to the house. But even when I moved into my house a year ago, no one had lived in it for many years and it felt empty and the space was very interesting. So do you both just intuitively pick up on energy right when you walk into a place? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's your job. But, you know, I think that both men and women intuit a space when they walk into it. And, you know, you hear about people walking into their shopping for a new home and they walk into a house and they say, oh, I just know this is it. I mean, the walls could be horizontal, but something about that space feels right. So what we do is we just take it to another level. 
That's the only difference. And that's because we've been studying it for so long. Right, right. And you're experts in it. So then you can just make it feel very cohesive for the person you're consulting, which is amazing. And what I wanted to ask too is when were you introduced to feng shui and how long have you been practicing feng shui? I was introduced to feng shui about 30 years ago and it just caught me. You know, I, I've had what my mom would call real careers in higher education and in healthcare. But during the whole, you know, my entire span of two different careers or several different careers, feng shui has always been part of the tapestry of that. So I finally figured out really recently that I didn't find feng shui. Feng shui found me. And to your listeners and to you, I would suggest that feng shui is tapping you on the shoulder too. Right. And I suppose that I, um, you know, via osmosis over the last 10 years or so, I, I just have been interested and, you know, mom would sort of push a book here and there my way. And so, you know, growing up with a Virgo feng shui queen was always interesting. The house was always beautiful, but I just feel like I can't get my hands on enough books. And so while I have a little bit less of experience, I'm just learning and learning and learning and reading and reading. And so sort of how we came together is I, I've been a goal coach for women for about 10 years. And so I've kind of developed a really wonderful seven-step system and some powerful journal exercises to help you craft and create a blueprint and crystallize your goal regardless of what it is, whether it's health, wealth, sex, money, you know, any of the things. So we were doing these workshops and we would do goal setting and feng shui workshops and they were so fun, you know, 60 plus women, but they were really compartmentalized. It was like, I would do the goal setting and then we would break for lunch and then mom would do the feng shui part and show how those two things are connected. And at some point, um, I think I had a dream. I did have a dream where we basically saw our names, you know, mother daughter duo take, you know, Santa Barbara by storm. And so in October of 2019, we finally decided to partner and create the Feng Shui Collective. And I guess the rest is history. It's just been so fun. She does all the stuff I don't want to and vice versa. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's a good partnership, especially with the mom daughter. I mean, when I found your Instagram, I first of all loved it, very aesthetically pleasing, which is on brand for what you do. But I loved the connection between you two. And I felt just a very soulmate connection. And I was really happy with what you're putting out there in this space, the spiritual space and the evolution of that. And I read that little blurb on your website about how you, you know, had this dream. And I love that. It's almost like spirit like divinely orchestrated this whole business for you absolutely yes was like stop doing it separately and come together and watch what will happen well lauren really does the fun part she gets our clients crystal clear on what's going on in your life right now and what do you want to change and then the fun the shui part is where does that live energetically in your home And then we get to work in that area. Beautiful. And this is actually a good time, I think, to ask, like, when is the best time to bring in a feng shui consultation? You know, if I'm moving into a new home or is it if I want to change my space? I mean, when when do people come to you both? All of that, Steffi. (laughs) All of above. Moving into a new home or someone wants to move out of their home into a new home, and they're getting stuck about that. Someone who is having some real issues around money. Um, I had a client that 
called me in. She just moved into a new home. And she said, ever since we've lived here, it feels like money is flying out the window. And indeed, it was the way that her house was situated. So it can be it can be health. It could be anything. People don't know about feng shui. We get the calls about, I want my house to feel and look good. And they're so pleasantly surprised when, oh, by the way, you're going to get that, but you're also going to start seeing some amazing coincidences that occur in your life. And we've had some really dynamic results. We've had subtle results, but there's always a change. So, it, you know, it depends on, you know, your karma. It depends on your education. It depends on your luck, but the outcomes are various. So the more dynamic the outcome Everything is in alignment, including, oh, yes, by the way, the consequences of our actions. So it's not just feng shui is the one and done or the be all end all. It is a tool to shift the energy in your life. Yeah, that's very powerful. We call it the tool belt of happiness, which we should probably trademark at some point. But you know, you have your things in your tool belt that you can whip out when you're ready to create change in your life. And that could be your meditation practice, it could be astrology, it could be, you know, clean eating, it could be exercise, it could be goal setting. And we really want feng shui to be in everyone's tool belt so that we can create this planet of like happy, healthy people running around and creating a ripple effect of the same. So that's kind of our mission in a nutshell. But yes, we want feng shui to be in your tool belt of happiness. Incredible. And I think that's very attainable, uh, especially when you're bringing awareness to this and, and really you know, helping other people. And especially because, like I said, I read this book for feng shui and I was very overwhelmed. So this gets me into some logistic questions <laughs> for listeners who also felt overwhelmed and confused. So I was reading about um, you know, north, south, east, west of the home. And yeah, you could get out a compass. But I wanted to ask you quite practically, does it matter for the entire home, north, southwest, or is it per room? How does this work with the compass situation? (laughs) You want to go, mom? Okay. (laughs) Is this a loaded question? It's a good good one, but it's it's easy. It's a perfect question. It is. Remember back at the beginning of our chat, I mentioned different schools of feng shui. So when we talk about direction, we're talking about a different school than what we practice. It's called the compass school. And it it uses a lot of um, different practices. It uses numerology. It uses Chinese astrology. Pretty complex. It uses a Lopan compass. So the school that Professor Lin Yun introduced to us, the Black Hat Sect, is based on the tool called the Bagua Map. A Bagua Map is, it shows where the energy resides in your home based on where your front door is. So the energy comes in your front door. And from there, you can identify where the energy centers are in your home. It doesn't use direction at all. So the book that you were reading was based on the Compass School. Got it. Okay, that makes so much more sense now. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think what we'll do, Steffi, is make sure that all of the listeners get a copy of the Bagua map because it's really hard to, it's harder to describe, you know, just because we don't have the visual cue. But what happens with the Bagua map is you're always going in, uh, there's nine guas. So think of like a tic-tac-toe with nine guas 
and you're always going to enter in one of the bottom three. So what we do with this map, if you can just close your eyes and visualize, we have it, you know, sort of printed out on a piece of paper and we lay it over your home like a drone. So just to be clear, the back left of your home is always your abundance or your money area. The back right of your home is always the romance and relationship area. And there's um, seven other guas, obviously, that make up this sort of tic-tac-toe. Um, but in our school, you know, the scholars determined that certain energies resonate with certain spaces inside a home. And so what we do, our process is basically set and crystallize your goals, create the plan, work the seven steps, figure out where those goals live energetically. And then you sort of have a game plan of how to feng shui to begin to feng shui your home. Because we never recommend that you try and do everything at once when you're moving this type of energy around. It's not just housework when you add the fung, when you add the energy piece, and it can get a bit exhausting. Like when we do two in-home consults in a day, we are absolutely zonked after. So it's it's the energy piece and shifting around. So we want to make sure that people have a clear plan um, of attack, if you will, and that they're not biting off more than they can chew because you know, the process of change, there's always chaos in the middle before you come out with the beauty and the change on the other side. And, you know, always when you're moving things around in your home, things get displaced and then you're working in another room and then that has to move and then you've got another room going and it just gets wild. So we really help people create sort of a systematic approach to um, this journey. I really love that. And especially when you kept saying about the goal setting, and I think that makes it more practical and not as overwhelming when it's a solution oriented steps, you know, like you said, starting small and then going from room to room instead of just trying to do 10 to 15 things at once, which I think most of us do in the spiritual space when we get very excited about something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, it's like you go from zero to a hundred because you get very excited. (laughs) Right. Mostly because it resonates somewhere in your heart space, right? You really do feel connected. And I think all of us energetically, if we feel subconsciously or not, do feel something when we go into a space. Mm So I love that. Mm -hmm. Now, I, you know, with COVID, it's probably been very interesting for you women because a lot of people are now working from home and we were and still are quite literally quarantining. And I'm sure that does you know, change the space quite a bit. So for me, I've, I've worked for, I worked from home before COVID, but now it's like, I really have put more intention into my space. So I wanted to ask if there was maybe one or two things that are big no-nos when it comes to an office uh, work from home environment. Yes. And we, mom, how many talks have we done on feng shui for home office now and working from home? It's Lots. really a, one of our favorite things to talk about for sure. Amazing. Great. I'm glad I asked. Yes. It, it's really ideal, Steffi, if there is a separate space for your office at home. We understand that not everybody has that luxury, but that is the ideal it's not ideal to have your workspace in your bedroom because there are competing energies. Your, your work is dynamic and productive, which is you know 180 degrees different from when you're trying to rest and rejuvenate from the day. Also, we know of a lot of our clients who have their office on their dining room table, which is also not ideal. Same thing because you're competing with nourishment with production and on your living room couch, same thing. 
or multi-use spaces. As Lauren said, you're never up the feng shui creek without a paddle. So the key is to make the spaces as separated as you can. So, well, one thing that you that some of our clients have done is they've taken a fresh look at their entire living space. They might have a room that is hardly used at all, and they've repurposed it. And that's an option for some. But say you're working from your dining room table, and there's no other option. Create the part that you eat from, separate that, and put your work at the other end. And at the end of every day, put your papers and your files in a cabinet or a drawer so that you're not constantly being reminded of what you still have left to do. And of course, we all still have stuff to do at the end of the day. Um, Same thing in the bedroom. To the extent that you can separate that space, either with some sort of a screen or a grouping of plants, uh, something that will separate that space. So the first thing that you see in the morning you're not thinking about, oh gosh, you know, I haven't even had my coffee and I'm already stressed out. Right. So those are some of the the big things. Lauren, what do you have to add? Um, I think I want to add power position. So for those of you that do have an actual desk or do sort of have this little work area carved out, we want to make sure that your desk, ideally, right, you're never up the feng shui creek without a paddle, but ideally that your desk is placed in the power position, which means furthest away from the door, facing the door, and not in alignment with the door. So if you think about a room and you were to kind of go catty corner to the back left or the back right of that room based on the door and you're facing where people would enter, that's ideal. So the the premise to that, feng shui is full of metaphors, by the way but it's about not having anyone startle you or stab you in the back. You know, if you were to have a bunch of mirrors in your bedroom, we'll get into that, and you were to wake up and you were to see your reflection and you would be startled, right? Like, oh my gosh. So we don't want any of that sort of energy. And by placing your desk in the power position, you will have refreshed productivity. um, You'll have clarity. You will have that sort of sound energy that's flowing behind and in front of you. Um, with your desk placed in that position. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. It makes total sense. And now I'm just mentally noting all the things I have to change in my office. (laughs) You can see your eyes scooting around the room. (laughs) Right. Totally. I'm like, okay, okay, yes, yes, yes. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think those are all really good tips. Um, Just small little things you can change too. And I know a lot of us didn't foresee what was going to happen. And then we're now we're, you know, almost two years in thinking, oh, wow, we got to change this. So I think those are all really valid tips. And, you know, too, I think we you talked about the wealth corner. And I think that was a really popular thing a lot of people wanted to ask about. And I know I always was really interested in that. So I have a money tree and a couple of green crystals. And now I don't know if that's good, bad. I mean, like, is there any like good tips how to cultivate or elevate your money space? In your home. I want to talk to you briefly about something I'm really passionate about, which is awakening your intuition. And that's why I created a seven day online course that reconnects you back to your highest self. And all of the information in it is channeled directly from spirit. The best thing about it is you can do the course on your own time and your own schedule. It's seven days of in-depth intuition lessons. You find out what kind of psychic you are. You break through subconscious obstacles and clear away what doesn't serve you. There's a really powerful third eye 
activation that will wake up your channeling. And this course is truly for anyone who is ready to up-level, enlighten, and commit to their life. When your intuition is strong, you make amazing everyday decisions that really help you get aligned back to your purpose, back to your soul. If you want to hear more about it, head over to my website, spiritsis.com slash courses. You can read student testimonials and also take a really fun how intuitive are you quiz. It's time to see the magic in your own life. So your, your abundance area is basically the wood element. So having lots of plants, I'm looking at mine right now and I have like, I don't even know, 10 different plants. So think about the energy rooting into the ground and growth. We want our money and our wealth to grow. So plants are really healthy there. Cures and tools that you can add are collectibles, things that are valuable to you, art that depicts anything um, that represents abundance or money, round shapes like coins. Um, so also plants with round leaves like Pilea are great there. Um, wind chimes. So we're talking about, you know, see, tell, see, touch, smell, hear, taste. And we're, th- we're talking about the hear. Wind chimes or things that make sound can elevate the energy and call in the energy. Um, and really just anything that's valuable to you. So there's also a, uh, mommy, do you want to talk about the wealth jar? I mean, the fortunate blessings vase. Well, before we do that, the things that Lauren suggested are all feng shui tools and or we also call them cures. But before you put those in your wealth area, it's really important that you go through that area and really clean it. Make sure there isn't any clutter because any tool or cure you add is not going to be as effective if you put it into a mess. And yes, think about if you were to add a mirror to somewhere that was really cluttered, you're essentially doubling your mess. So mirrors are really, really powerful cures in feng shui. We say, you know, we air quote, get to work in that area. And what that basically means is clearing everything out, wiping everything down and putting things back with intention. So as you're working, air quote again, you basically have set up a small Um, affirmation or mantra. I'm so happy and grateful that the universe consistently provides me with more abundance than I know what to do with. So that goes on replay in your head as you're working. And the fun part about feng shui, another fun part is, um, you know, when you're working with intention, housework, just general housework, especially when you know where you're working, you're like, okay, I'm doing laundry. That's in my romance area. I'm going to work with intention. And it just takes on a whole new light. So using that intention and just putting that on replay and being present with where you are in your home will make a huge shift because you're dropping into that flow, right? You're, you know, and also with the goal setting piece, the second that you take time to write something down, an idea that's like bouncing around in your head, the second you take time to write that down, you're letting the universe know that you're serious Um, So it's the first step in the tiny snowball of positive change that is about to occur just by writing something down. Then you add getting to work on that energetic zone in your home. And it's like, hang on to your hats slash tits. (laughs) I love that you keep talking about like being present with intention, like folding laundry, as I think a lot of people really uh, resent or like they they push it off till the very end, you know, and you said, you know, if you're being present with the way that you're doing these things or even cleaning and sweeping, if you're thinking about how it's bringing in new abundance and new energy, how 
different that your mind can shift into that abundance space. So I love that. Um, you mentioned mirrors and I had a listener question on mirrors, so I might as well just jump to that. Um, someone asked if you have a mirror that's not in a good place, like you said, if it duplicates clutter or, you know, is showing something that is not necessarily positive in feng shui, can you put a blanket on it or cover it to neutralize the energy? Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> Definitely. That's a, that's a simple answer. Great. If you've got a mirror in a not good place, move it. Or um, if you've got a mirror that is reflecting a bunch of stuff, clutter, clear up the clutter. Uh, one thing that we see a lot in homes, including my own, is bedroom with a double glass closet mirror which is a lot of energy floating around while you're sleeping. That's what I have. <laughs> so the solution to that is to hang a curtain rod over that double glass mirror and hang curtain panels. But I've done it with like sheer linen panels, something that at night you can pull those panels down. And when you do that, you can feel the energy shift in the room. It is palpable. And then during the day when you need to use it, you can just decoratively tie those linen panels or those curtain panels into a little knot or just pull them over to the side. But at night, pull them down. You'll find that your sleep is a lot more restful. Yeah. I think too, even just, um, you know, a decorative scarf or something over your phone at night or, you know, to mitigate any electromagnetic frequencies, you know, in my bedroom, for example, I have a big mirror that's over a dresser and I have those really cute little yarn pom-pom strings. And just to kind of slow the energy down, I didn't want to completely cover it, but to slow it down, I just sort of drape the pom-poms across the mirror. And here's the C part of the five senses. I, when I see that cure, when I see those pom-poms, I am reminded immediately of why they're there and that, again, puts me in the flow. So there's a visual thing with placing cures in the home as well. You see it and you're like, oh, I know why that's there. That's to elevate my, my money. And so then you're thinking about it and then off you go. Wow. You're giving, both of you giving so much knowledge. <laughs> my mind is blown. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all making sense. Good. And, and just... Yeah, I'm so happy. Um, I know everyone is probably like just looking or running around their rooms thinking of how they can change some things. And you know, a lot of listeners, actually several people asked too about the position of the bed. Oh. What do you suggest? The ideal position for the bed is so that when you are lying in bed, you can see the door. You don't want your feet though directly in the um in the flow of the energy coming in the room. You really want to have the bed on an interior wall because that gives you the most protection. So I, there's no way I can put my bed on an interior wall. And so what I've done over my bed is to place a Japanese fan, a large one, over the top, which connotes protection. Right. And never anything heavy over your bed. So think about that energetically too. If you've got, you know, a bunch of heavy plants and big pictures and, you know, that's a, that's a sort of probably physical and energetic safety risk. You know, if anything were to fall on you when you sleep, you don't want that heavy stuff over you while you're sleeping and rejuvenating. Right. And think about energy coming in your bedroom door and, or think about there's a huge fan outside your bedroom door and it's blowing in air. 
So do you want that air blowing right in your face? No. Do you want it rushing across your abdomen or your anywhere in your body? No. Mm -hmm. That can be um, and can create a health issue. Similarly, a lot of bedrooms have beams. Pay attention to where those beams are because beams as popular as they are in architecture are really harmful energy, harmful chi. So I had a client who had a um, who had a bedroom where the the beam was going directly over the center of her bed, and I'm thinking, how is the relationship in this marriage, and you know how sustainable is it? Because over time, that negative energy is going to impact the relationship. It was going right in between where her and her partner were sleeping. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. That is powerful. So what do you do about that? You can paint the beam so that it it blends into the rest of the ceiling so that, you know, if it's a similar color, it's a different kind of energy. In a little girl's room that we did, she had she was sleeping right under the stairs. And so we took those little pom-poms and you can kind of glue them, glue gun them along the edge of those beams which also cuts the energy. So you can be creative. You can wrap fabric around it to, you know, to mitigate that, but pay attention to those beams, not so much in a living space, but especially in a bedroom. Yeah. I love that you can balance it with all these little hacks that you two have learned over the years and developed. And, you know, this might be a silly question, but I'm going to ask anyway, because I know every everything is important, but is there one room that, you know, is the most important or something that you feel is a good place to start for a beginner? Yes, absolutely. So we can talk really quick about the three most important areas in your home, but really the best place to start is your entryway. So the entryway is known as the mouth of chi, and that's where the energy is entering into your home. So what you can do is you can basically you know, roads and highways and driveways are all considered like the meridians of chi. So if you go out to your front, you know, walk up your driveway, look how the energy is entering into your home and stop at your entryway. So, you know, is your entryway grown over with a bunch of shrubs and is there shoes everywhere? And is there, you know, for some reason, so many of our clients have two or three doormats. But really what's important is that you're calling in the energy, calling in the chi in your entryway at the mouth of chi. And you can focus on right at the front of your entry and also focus on what you see directly when you walk into your house. So for example, we had a client that was in the middle of a horrendously long and behind schedule renovation in her home. And she had all of her drop cloths and paint buckets and paint brushes and all of these tools for the remodel right at the entry. So what is she reminded of exactly the moment she gets home? She's reminded oh my gosh, we still have so much work to do. So we got to get that out of there. And we created a really just lovely sort of credenza landing, turned on a lamp, lit a candle, added a plant. You know, there's these little things to just shift so that when she goes home, she's going, oh, okay, I'm home instead of like, shit, shit, I have so much work to do. So with the entryway, the best thing to do is to clear everything off. And you'll probably hear us say this, but clear everything off, wipe everything down, clean your light fixture, make sure that your light bulb works. You can put some olive oil on the door jam to shine that up, clean the windows, um, you know, hose everything off and add in things that make you feel 
like you're at your delicious sanctuary. So healthy plants, you can add even aloe vera, things that are, you know, protective energy if you live in a, you know, busy city, but healthy plants and adding wind chimes and things that will audibly call in the energy are really helpful as well. And then do take a look, like, what do you see right when you walk into your home? Right. Now, if you happen to go in your home through your garage, most of the time, we would suggest that as frequently as you can go in through the front door because that's where you're calling in the healthy chi. And if you're looking at your brand new doormat, that's one thing we do suggest, you know, splurge on a new doormat. There's so many cute ones. And every time you walk in, it's going to make you smile. And wow, what kind of energy is that walking into a home? But do use your front door as often as you can. I love those tips. I love, love, love. I, I think we don't necessarily put a, well, I mean, of course you both do. <laughs> but for me, at least when I was thinking of decor, that was one of the last things, you know, I was at Target. Oh, what doormat? This will, this will be fine. Right. And yeah, it doesn't necessarily spark joy right. <laughs> when I'm just thinking of this last minute thing I needed because I didn't want, you know, my shoes to track dirt in, you know? So I think that's a really good, solid a tip or advice is splurging. And, you know, I think wiping down the door, I, you know, you don't even realize how much dirt or dust, you know, probably accumulates. Or paint it. You know, we, people tend to make such a big deal out of paint. And I learned this from my mom. She's like, get the paint out, paint the door. It'll take you 20 minutes. It's not a big deal. And I was like, <laughs> I did it. And I time-lapsed it. And sure enough, you know, I was, it was like a one minute time-lapse. I'm like, that really did take 20 minutes. And it just looks so fresh and it's a color that I love. And going back to the splurging thing, you know, we really recommend that you go shopping in your home because you probably already have something. It's just that it's lived where it's lived because you put it there and that's just where it lives. But when you have, you know, when we come over and we have these fresh eyes, we swirl so many things. And but the one thing we do say to buy most of the time is a new doormat. Yes. So I wanted, that's a great time to bring up, you know, you both have brought up a few client experiences and I wanted to ask about, is there any, like for both of you, a, a prime or a top moment that you both felt like very excited about the outcome of, of like that came from this to this when you were working together with a client space? Honestly, Stephanie, sure there's so many. It's every <laughs> single client. It is so gratifying to be invited into someone's home. It's very personal. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we're, we're getting into their stuff, you know, and we're moving their, as, as the book says, we're moving their cheese around. So at the end, when they're in tears and they're hugging us and thanking us, it's the most gratifying. And then after that, we did a consult last week. As Lauren said, we ended up working on her entry first. We'd given her a bunch of uh, other homework to do, but in our time together, we worked on her entry and her boyfriend came home and God, what a cutie he was. I know. And he, you know, when men get involved in feng shui, they are all in. It is yes. the funniest thing to watch. Yes. We have a few stories about that for another time, but <laughs> he was just, he was moving things around. He moved the barbecue. I mean, we pointed our finger and boy, he was on it. Got out the screwdriver and the hammer. But when we finished, her entryway was so beautiful. She's from Mexico and so had all of these gorgeous pots and fabrics and pillows and 
I, her entryway was just mind blowing. So, okay. So the tears and the hugs and, you know, thank you. And then the next day we get an email from her. My boyfriend was contacted by a lady who owns 14 properties in Santa Barbara, and she wants him to do the landscaping on all of them. Yes. It, it happens all the time. It's that immediate too. Just when you shift the energy, you get your, you know, you yeah. roll your sleeves up, get your hands dirty and you just get to work and then it instantly snaps your fingers and it's, it's opportunity. We get dirty. <laughs> Physically dirty. It's everything that is involved. But in, in her case, everything was aligned, you know, the consequences of their actions, their karma, their luck, their, you know, everything combined so that it was a dynamic, quick change. Other changes are, you know, more subtle. So we tell our clients, pay attention, because the outcome may not be as huge or as dynamic, but the coincidence will be there and just pay attention. Right. Yeah. And I think even you said health stuff too. I mean, you might not realize, but over time your health might just get better. And that's one of the best outcomes too, your mood and your physical body and just being in a space that supports you. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of my other favorites, well, we have a lot of, we have a lot of stories about romance and funnily enough, (laughs) mom is funnily a word. It is. It is today. It is today. <laughs> it is right now. How about funny enough? I love that you asked the Virgo if it's a word. Of course. Can we just talk about that? Virgos <laughs> are in like the most wonderful grammar nerds. So she's always got my back there. That's um, amazing. You know, the, the women that are looking for romance many times in our consults have already met the guy somewhere in life and the timing just wasn't right. Um, one of our clients has been married for almost three years now and has a two-year-old baby from the new boy. Um, the other one is about to get engaged, we think, but you know they just sort of landed on the same plane and we don't take full credit for that, obviously, but we like to think there was something to do with that. There's a lot of money ones too. Um, there was a woman who received, she worked on her money area and she got $27,000 in back to child support, like the next week. So this stuff works. And, you know, there are some people that say, well, it's just a coincidence, but I would way rather live in the realm of me attracting those types of things than being like, oh, it was just a one-off. Like what a way more delicious way to live, knowing that we had some effect on dropping into that flow. Yes. And here at Psychic Scoop, nothing is a coincidence. We believe that spirit has, you know, cultivated this experience for us and we don't believe in coincidence. Absolutely. (laughs) Amen. Okay, great. And then honestly, the last listener question I wanted to dip into is someone asked if you're traveling. So if you're, maybe you travel for work or you're in a hotel room or maybe a a bed and breakfast, something doesn't feel right in the room. Do you have any little hacks about how to elevate the space, even if you're traveling? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you do. Yeah. When I travel, I like to travel with a little tablecloth or a little runner or a little, you know, napkin or, you know, something like that, that I can put on the table along with the candle so that, you know, the candle is going to lift the energy of the room no matter what. So I always take some little piece of home with me when I travel. And I will move furniture around in a hotel room. I've been known to do that. You have. If it's just an overnight, I just suck it up. But if I'm going to be there for 
two or three or more days. I do move things around. Yeah, my I think my favorite, I've copied you on the little cloth mom, but I, I'm a full space clearing gal. So I usually bring like a lavender smudge or like a rose petal smudge. And I like to just give that some attention. Um, and I like to bring a couple of my crystals. And I what, I, what we didn't uh, mention about the Bagua map is that just as the Bagua map can be placed over your home like a drone, it can be placed over your entire property as a drone, and it can also be associated and moved based on each room. So it's like an onion. You peel back. So you do your property. If you've got a goal that you're super, super working on, you do your property. Let's say it's a money goal. Back left of your whole property back left of your home, and then back left of each room. So I bring the Bagua map with me. I don't need it at this point anymore, but I orient the Bagua map based on the entryway into the hotel room or the Airbnb or wherever I'm traveling. And then I'm like, huh, okay, there's the money area. There's a huge window there. And I place a crystal or um, you're really just using the cures and tools on the Bagua map within the hotel space. So that's kind of fun once you guys get your hands on the map. Yes, we're going to all have to get the map immediately after (laughs) listening to this podcast. (laughs) Wow, you both gave so much beautiful information that has really made me very excited. And then I also, I got excited because I was looking at both of your astrology charts, (gasps) (laughs) which I love to geek out on because I want to see where the theme is. I mean, first of all, you both have such a divine connection, mother, daughter, soulmate connection. You're working together and it's, it's really uh, palpable. I can feel it. Um, But I wanted to see how that related in your charts. So are you open for a little mini look into those things? Yes. Beyond open. (laughs) Okay, great. Um, So I'll start with you, Pamela. So we didn't get your exact birth time, but I did get some insights into where the planets are placed. So first and foremost, as we already said, you are a Virgo sun, which is very orderly and structured, but then you also have your Venus in Virgo. So I'm not sure if you, have you ever looked at anything in your chart before, Pamela? No, I've never had my chart done. Oh my gosh. Okay. Whole nother day. <laughs> I could talk forever. Um, but you having your son and Vern, uh, Vernus, <laughs> having your son and Venus in Virgo, you really identify with structure and it makes you feel really good. And especially when it comes to goal setting and Virgos are, in my opinion, in the Zodiac, they're the friends of everybody. They can make connections with whoever they meet. So when your Venus is there, that really shows you how to love people and you love them through helping them with their goal setting. So it makes a lot of sense. It's so real. Is it right? Yeah. And also Virgos love, love, love houseplants. This is true. <laughs> like Virgos love anything nature-based, honestly, flower or, um, you know, plant in the house or around the property. Their Virgos are very into gardening as well. Guess who has the greenest thumb? <laughs> yes. There you go. Makes a lot of sense. Now your Jupiter wherever your Jupiter is in your chart is where you expand and grow and get good luck. Your Jupiter is in Taurus, another earth sign that's all about beauty. (laughs) It's all about how you make money. And so I just love that it's, it's another very, I guess you could say earth oriented sign that has to do with goal setting again. Taurus is about how we bring in money and how we set our intentions for where we're going in our life and how we can make it practical practical and pragmatic for how we're doing things. So your Jupiter in Taurus is very expansive in that, especially when it comes to beauty because it's ruled by Venus and your Venus is in Virgo. Wow. (laughs) Wow. 
Wow. So it all makes sense. And the last thing I'll say is whenever I look at a chart um, for people who are very uh, aesthetic or they have a good eye for interior design or architecture or in your your instance, feng shui, I look at where their Libra is. Now you have two planets in Libra, you have your, which is also ruled by Venus, all about <laughs> things I spoke about, about aesthetic and beauty and, and bringing like pleasure and excitement into your home energetically. Now your Neptune is in Libra. Neptune is how we use our creativity and how we channel and having it be in Libra is you channel when you go into a house, your Neptune is really how you you instantly think of creatively how to change the space, which you already discussed in the podcast, how you think, you know, in that moment, oh, we can do this, this, this. So that's where you're Neptune in Libra. You also have your Saturn in Libra. But what that means is you're also very disciplined in how you do things, mm. especially when it comes to your creativity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a little insight into your chart. You know me better than anybody. <laughs> I was like, check, check, I check. And once you get that, and also happy belated, because I know you just celebrated a birthday. Thank you. And that's a, another solar return is also a great thing to look into if you're looking and predicting the energies of the upcoming year. But once we get your birth time, then we can really look at the specifics of where the houses fall, we can learn together how all of those planets impact the houses and areas of your life. Okay. So another time. That's fascinating. Yes. And Lauren, so this is the first thing, because I obviously looked at Pamela's first. And then when I looked at yours, Lauren, and we do have your birth time, I was like, of course. (laughs) So when I look to, if I'm looking at a mother daughter, I can see in the chart how the mom has an influence. And Lauren, your fourth house, which is ruled by home and the IC, which is all about where you live, how you grew up, um, your your mom. It's all about mom energy because it's ruled by cancer. But the fourth house sits in Virgo Nuh-uh. in your chart. <laughs> <laughs> no, can I say something really quick though? It's amazing yeah. because most of my closest people in my life are, are Virgos or cancers. Yes, that makes sense. a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's how you grew up is that Virgo energy yeah. and having your mom, like having your son and Venus and Virgo, that's how you felt love. Yeah. So you actually loved having the order and structure in the home and it felt having the plants and having all of that, um, that lessons that you learned mm. through, through astrology, but your fourth house, I see being in Virgo. I just, you know, I cackled when I saw that. <laughs> You can't make this stuff up. And then, so with you, Lauren, something, you have a lot of power positions in your chart. And then when I was hearing you talk about how you help women with goal setting and how you did all these programs, you're a cancer sun with an Aries moon and your Aries moon is in the 11th house of empowerment. So you working with women and and the collective in an intuitive way with passion and goals, helping women really come up and understand who they are. Because you're Cancer Sun, like you really care about healing. Yeah. And your Aries moon is like, we're going to get down to brass tacks. Oh, I love it. <laughs> In the 11th house. Mm-hmm. So that is literally that that dynamic of having that, um, your Cancer Sun in the first and your Aries moon in the 11th, which I have to say is my exact placements as well. So I was freaking out when I saw that. That is um, you're, Yes, you're very intuitive when you talk to people. So if you you said you're running these programs for women, you probably already know like intuitively when you talk to them, how you're supposed to help them get to a place of empowerment. Mm, I love that. Wow. Yes. And then when it comes to feng shui, um, we already talked about your fourth house and I see in Virgo, but you have your Pluto 
in the fifth house in Libra. And Libra, as I said, aesthetic. So I wasn't surprised that you had two planets in Libra. You have your Saturn and your Pluto. And both, I love that um, both you both have Saturn. Saturn, right. Yes. So what's cool about Pluto in the fifth and Libra, it's basically a passion. And this is also generational Pluto and Libra, but it's a passion and mission to save the world through beauty and balance. Are you serious? <laughs> I swear. It's like, it's a power. So when things feel out of sorts with Pluto and Libra, they're here to really like negotiate and figure out diplomatically how to come to, you know, cause Pluto is shadow in our charts, right? Pluto is where we feel shame. And so Pluto and Libra people know that darkness leads to light and they're here to transcend that. Wow. Hmm. Through a diplomatic sense and Saturn and Libra, I already kind of discussed a little bit, but it really tells me that um, you you do work diplomatically really well with other people, and you see the structure of how th- how people need <laughs> that. And since it's in the fifth house, that's a that's your creativity and your romance and how you channel play and inner child work. So when you're in a home, again, both of you have a real creative flair that yeah. that really gets ignited. But then since it's Libra, it's an aesthetic creative flair. Isn't that? Just, I feel like I'm going to fall out of my chair. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it it really clicked for me before meeting you. But when I was listening to you both talking about this, it just made so everything clicked. And especially, you know, your history, how you were introduced and, you know, Pamela having your history, 30 years of history with it. And Lauren, how you were really empowering women in this space and then how you both lead workshops together. That balance is so beautiful and I just, I'm honored that you are helping the world in this way. It's something that we all need and it's something you're meant to do. Thank you. That's so sweet. That is amazing. Of course. Of course. Can we talk about this for another four hours? Yes, please. (laughs) We'll have parts one, two, three, and four. Yes. (laughs) You're coming to our retreat too. Just put that in your pipe and smoke it. Well, I absolutely will. I know we're collaborating. I already know. Um, I'm also going to have to have you guys look at my house in a virtual session ASAP. (laughs) Well, you're not that far away. I know. I know. We can make a weekend out of it, mom, and go down to LA. Oh my gosh. Amazing. I really, I really appreciate both of your time and you gave us so many valuable tips. Really, really, really did. And your Instagram is full of beautiful pictures, like I said, and you do lay out a lot of really good um, advice tips in there as well. So I wanted to just ask both of you what you're working on now and how clients can find you. Absolutely. Well, thank you. That was amazing. I feel like I still have chills. (laughs) Let's start with, yeah, come see us on Instagram and TikTok. We have actually a couple viral videos yes. on TikTok, which has been so fun at Feng Shui Collective on both of those. And what we're up to right now is we are getting ready to launch our signature six-week Feng Shui Fundamentals program. We've done maybe six rounds now, and we usually open up 20 spots, and it sells out every time. It is so fun because basically we feng shui your home with you step-by-step in this course. And the reason why we launch it when we want to launch it is because we need a refresh to do the full six-week program too. Um, So that is launching. The cart is opening for that on the 20th of September. So save the date. And then we kick off that Monday 
the 27th. So um, it's 497. There's a payment plan, but we're really, really, really excited to open up this course. You basically get a graduation certificate. And if you complete all of your little homework assignments, we send you like this beautiful feng shui kit with all of these sort of cures that we've been talking about smudges and, you know, all of these beautiful things. So it's just really fun to launch all at the same time too, because throughout the year, this course is open, but when we all do it together and there's a group of 20 men and women that get together and we do it at the same time, it's just the most fun. Lots of before and after photos. And, you know, we're always here to do in-home consultations. We try to stay in Santa Barbara County, but like we can, we can make little trips if we get you know, a group together is totally fine. And then we do the virtual feng shui consults too. So we do about an hour on the phone, or you can get a group of three, which is really fun because it's kind of like do goal setting, assess the home, do the walkthrough. And then the middle one is sort of the check-in and what have you implemented? And the third is like feng shui for the future. So whatever you, um, you know, whatever calls, we just want to work with you. We want to make the planet a more beautiful place. We want everybody to have feng shui in their in their tool belt of happiness. We have a learning library that's in the link in our bio. There's plenty of free things like everything from coloring books. And we do cooking with the five elements. Mom and I both absolutely are obsessed with cooking. And so we do cooking classes and we do vegan and vegetarian dinners based on the five elements, which is really fun. And we get into a little more feng shui and health on those. So there's really, in short, there's a there's a wide variety of ways. And, um, you know, sometimes we just hop on a 15 minute call and be like, let's work through and see what you need and get you the best program. So, wow. So many amazing options. And I will put those in my show notes so they can find you. (laughs) And we'll make sure you guys have the link to the Bagua map for sure. Thank you for your time and your knowledge. And like you said, for making the world a better place. I appreciate both of you, your expanders in this spiritual community. And I just, I love both of you. Oh, so thanks I, so much for coming on the show. I adore you, Steph. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for the chart reading. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun. Yes, yes. Oh, of course. <laughs> Wow, what a beautiful conversation with Lauren and Pamela. I appreciate so much their very generous tips and knowledge that they dropped on us. I'm about to run to Target right now, immediately after this, and go grab a doormat. If you want to find them, go to Instagram at Feng Shui Collective and look at the show notes. I'll include all the links to get in touch with them. And if you guys want to get in touch with me, you know where to find me on Instagram at spirit underscore sis. Or if you want a personal session with me, if you want a birth chart reading similar to what I gave Pamela and Lauren today, you can head over to my website, spiritsis.com. Or if you want to check out my intuition course, which is that seven day online self-paced course to reconnect to your own trust and to reconnect source head over to spiritsis.com slash courses. Until next time, balance your chi. (laughs) Love you. Bye-bye.